it's always fascinating when people have, you know, dabbled with these things in different parts of the world as well, because you see the relationship that humans have with several technologies, several energies. Yeah. What was your experience like in those remote places, let's say in Africa or elsewhere? Well, you know, uh, in those applications, it's just a pure energy application, right? It's perfect because you're miles away from a grid. It's too expensive to get electricity out to these farms and your alternative is maybe windmills, but solar panels are just perfect for that kind of stuff. You know, solar is made for remote applications. It was invented in the 50s for the space program. So it's pretty enlightening when you go onto a farm, you drop one of these water pumps down into a deep well, pop up some solar panels, you hook up the wires, hit the on button and everything starts working and everyone just kind of looks at each other like, really, this works this way? And yeah, it's super simple. I mean, that's the great part about solar is that it's just a natural thing that reacts to the sun and it's actually not even you know, new tech, it's old tech. It's been around forever and it works reliably. And, you know, of course, when the sun is shining, it works great. Wow, that's pretty amazing, man, because it's hard to believe that, you know, there's this energy that's so abundant and that we can use in so many remote places in the world. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's so many other different energies that we can use. You talked about windmills. So there's the wind, there's water also where there are rivers and, you know, seashores and whatnot. What do you reckon is one of the best energies that we should be focusing on now that we know the limits of the ones that we already have, like solar, for example? Yeah, well, I, I guess the good news is we know a hell of a lot more than we used to know, right? We, we know what works, what doesn't. And then we, we now have this awareness of the climate and the CO2 impacts of things. So I wish I could say that there was such a thing as a zero carbon energy source, but there just isn't. Some are just worse than us, you know, better and worse than others. So, you know, believe it or not, the best one from a CO2 perspective is actually nuclear. And that's that's what you don't hear very often. I know in France, France is heavily pro-nuclear and has the cleanest CO2 footprint in all of Europe. And so there's there's a long history there. I won't get into any of the politics of it, but just from a pure reliability, capacity factor and CO2 footprint factor, nuclear actually is pretty attractive. And so in our race to try to decarbonize everything, it's something that we should be considering strongly. And what's the downside of that? The downside is the perceived safety problems. And I'm not a nuclear expert, so I won't, I can't really talk to that too much, but I know that the big meltdowns that we've seen in the world, Chernobyl and Fukushima, even here in the US, Three Mile Island, they've all come from the first generation you know, the 60s, 70s era reactors that we have all evolved from. So I live here in Central California. We get our power from Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant, and there have not been any incidents with those. The newer generations are certainly way much safer and have been without incident. So the more you dig into this, the more you hear all of the different options, what you mostly hear about are people advocating for certain solutions, but you don't quite get the whole story. And that's, that's part of the challenge is What's the real story here? Because uh, you don't really know and you don't hear about it. Depending on what you read, 